Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are the podcast about alchemy. We take garbage books, movies, and TV shows and churn out comedy gold for your listening enjoyment. Joining me tonight, I have uh, a very adequate panel. <laughs> hey! I realize that I say every week how we have a very special panel, and although you guys are great, it's not special if it's the same every week. That's a good point. First up on our, on our adequate panel tonight, he accidentally fell in love with his puppy dog of his youth, and while you were off defending his freedom, ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. Hey there! I don't really know what love is anymore, but uh, I do know substantial <laughs> loss. Hey. Also joining us today, uh, he's in the hospital when it's convenient and out when it's convenient. His name is Ezra. My advice is if you sling this on your body, just scratch it till it bleeds. <laughs> that'll do you. You are a scab picker, my friend. You are a scab Seriously, picker. Seriously, if, if you pick a scab and it bleeds, probably cancer. <laughs> Only if it bleeds twice. Yeah, if it bleeds later also when you pick it again. <laughs> yeah, also or it, if... might, it might be your nose. <laughs> and, of course, I'm your host. I think that the meaning of true love is selling my dad's stuff and then spying on you for the rest of your life. My name is Alex. Hey, Alex. Good use of the word stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, uh, in case it wasn't obvious, we are reading the second half of the Nicholas Sparks travesty, Dear John, in preparation for the movie that will be coming out next week. If you'd like to read along with us, you can get the audiobook for free, because you are our fan, by going to Audible Podcast. A-U-D-I-B-L-E podcast.com slash read it and weep. Sign up for a trial membership for free. Get your audiobook for free, this one or a good one, and then uh, you get to keep that even if you cancel before you pay for the trial. It's great. So uh, try that out and read along with us. The second half of the book is just as boring as the first half of the book. So if you read the first one and didn't like it, don't finish. crazy idea let's start with a compliment sandwich what do you guys say yeah i'm ready oh whoa woo okay ezra it is your turn to go first tonight what do you have to compliment about nick sparks's book for a second it almost became a much better book Mm -hmm. it almost became an indecent proposal for one second because there's a moment where um tim is dying of cancer and savannah's like i could probably save tim if only i had a lot of money and then john's there you know alone with savannah and he's like well, I do have a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, I know how this could go down where I wouldn't cry. Savannah turns into a, like a multi-million dollar priced whore. And she gets to live. And then we never have to hear about coins again. And John gets to sleep with her, which is what he wants. Yeah. For like 10 seconds, I was like, mm, yeah, this could happen. So just to clarify, when you said for a little while it became a different, bo- a better book, what you meant was... For a while, it allowed you to fantasize that it was a better book. Um, yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It set up this thing that didn't actually happen at all. <laughs> set up is sort of a loose term. I mean, <laughs> it allowed for the possibility of something that Ezra had heard of before that wasn't this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go uh, with the same theme. There's this great moment. I'm a big fan of good driving directions. Like I love people who do really good driving directions, right? If if you're giving me terrible driving directions, I can't stand it. You might as well just get the fuck out my car. But um, there's this part where John, they're like uh, Savannah, they meet up after a couple of years. He doesn't know yet that Tim's dying of cancer. And so she's like, yeah, let's go see Tim. And then she gets in the car. She's like, yeah, go left at the road towards town. And I just, I love that. (laughs) Okay, for my 
my compliment, I'm going to uh, use a clip. Let's all listen to this clip, which is right after John meets Savannah's parents for the first time. Savannah's mom, Jill, was a lot like Savannah. Friendly, open, and a lot sharper than I first believed. Okay, <laughs> so here's why this is awesome. Because Nicholas Sparks can write a backhanded compliment just as well as I can. <laughs> She's a lot sharper than I first thought. What he's saying is, she Savannah thought my dad had Asperger's. I thought her mom was just stupid. <laughs> so That's smarter than I gave her credit for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit hotter as well. Yeah. I, uh, on second thought, a fuller head of hair than I had initially gave her credit for. <laughs> so yeah, that is pretty thick there. <laughs> I mean, patchy, but there's hair. <laughs> there's hair. It works. <laughs> Can't see all scalp. <laughs> it's willowy. Willowy. <laughs> all right, Chris, I bet you have that tingly, it's almost my turn to summarize feeling. Are you getting that feeling? Ooh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so just so you know, a little different this week. Oh? Yes. What's going on? You are going to summarize the second half of this book in 45 seconds. Okay. And 45 seconds on the clock, begin. We last left when he left, you know, uh, uh, Savannah, when John left Savannah for the first time. Then he uh, he's in the army while wow. he comes back. They have sex, but things are a little weird. He leaves. 9-11 happens right after he's going to come back, or right before he's going to come back. So he re-ups, does the 9-11 thing, a rock's intense. He comes back. After a while, Savannah's married to Tim. What? Except Tim has cancer. What? Oh, it can only be fixed by an experimental trial, and he has to sell his dad's coins. Oh, dad's dead, by the way. Um, and uh, there you go. So he sells his dad's coins. Tim's better, and he sits on a hill watching Savannah look at the moon. It's very creepy, and nobody liked it. Well done, sir. Very well done, Chris. I got summary wood from that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. I'm really impressed. So that's our story. What do you want to talk about details-wise? Well, I enjoyed that this half of the book was a lot more sexual than the first. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Ezra did too, and I really want to hear Ezra's thoughts on this. Okay. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> a resident sexpert. Uh, what do you have to say? This is the sex scene between, um, between Savannah and Alan. <laughs> of course we want to let's insert that clip now she continued to talk steadily to him then placed a hand on top of his following along with the slamming finally after what seemed like forever the slamming began to slow and become more rhythmic <laughs> so that is the scene where savannah beautifully makes love to her husband's autistic brother and yeah, or touching. either that, or helps him make love to himself or to her. I can't <laughs> tell. Something happened. It was decently hot. And of course, we also should mention there was the time that she had sex with her boyfriend sexually for for real. <laughs> sexually in the sex, <laughs> like like for keeps. <laughs> he sexed her right in the sex. Yeah. No. Okay. So if ever there was a time in this book where I was like, this is a great time for Nicholas Spark to bust out one of those adjectives that he has, there was an actual sex scene, and it was just as barren as all the other scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not descriptively wet. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> were you guys bothered that this book was adding to the the first time is perfect myth? Yes. 
yeah. think that does more harm than good for people who read romance novels. And America. <laughs> he's ruining literature and first times. I think that's <laughs> God, he's just a ball of destruction right there. Um, <laughs> Did you notice any other sexes? The part where he sees her in the airport for the first time, I think is pretty fucking hilarious. I saw her and realized instantly that all my worries had been pointless. I barely had time to drop my before she jumped into my arms, and when she pulled back and whispered, I you so much, I felt as if I'd been after spending a year. I don't know how long we together, but when we finally began toward the I slipped my into her, knowing that I her not only more than the last time I'd seen her, but more than I would ever anyway <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i'm amazed that you ended up with the censored version this time chris normally it's ezra who gets the special versions he gets the special version but he gets the sexy version i'm the young one in the group right <laughs> chris. Yeah. i'm surprised they even let me read that much <laughs> So I don't get the special versions of the book. I get the regular-ass versions of these books. Oh. But as you guys might have noticed, that the regular-ass audiobook for this did include music. Oh, did it? Yes, yes. And I think we should we should take just a moment to re-listen. So here's the music that played on every at the beginning and end of every single disc. Except one. Except one. <laughs> oh, I'm in a peaceful North Carolina. Part two. Hillside town. Twelve. Yeah. It's a rich cultural history. Yeah. Yeah, there's a town alcoholic, but he means well, you know? And then at the end of disc five, 9-11 happens. Yeah. And then for some reason, the beginning of disc six has music too. It has this music. Fifteen. What? <laughs> this I am sure of. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm in Left Behind again, right? I mean, things are intense for no reason. I... <laughs> Shit is going down in disc six. Shouldn't the writing just convey that intensity, right? Oh, sure, yeah. You know, like having something happen. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Do you have any thoughts on the music, Ezra? Actually, my version didn't have any music on it. Really? What? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. (laughs) How dare you lie to me? (laughs) I'm sorry. This is Uh, the first time I've lied to you about music on recordings, though, I promise. Good. That's all I needed to know. Oh, yeah. Oh, September 11th, right? So, like, you know, he saw the buildings come down. He saw people jumping to their deaths, the attacks on the Pentagon. And then he says the sentence, I raged as the White House was evacuated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other stuff didn't bother him, but the the pure inefficiency of having to have the whole White House staff standing on the lawn <laughs> yeah. destroyed him. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know, the logistical nightmare of evacuating the White House just really got his goat. It's a good thing there was no rapture while he was around, because he would have been punching a lot of empty seats. <laughs> no, he would have liked that. That was a, a largely efficient evacuation. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Everyone out at once. That believes in, you know, magic... Sky dude. Magic Sky King. Uh, 
so that that was uh, that was awesome for me because I hadn't hadn't really seen that coming the 9/11 thing and so it turns out that September 11th caused Nicholas Sparks to write this book. That's it. Game set match, my friends. The terrorists have truly won. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping 9-11 would be the savior of this book, actually, when it happened. Like that, <laughs> that intense music, I was like, well, thank God, at least he's going to have to write about something else now. Yeah. And then he totally doesn't. But basically, the whole point of this is that he can't talk about it. He has a character who can't express emotion, and that character is narrating the book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's just as well. I really don't want to know what the emotions would have been. <laughs> um, there's something I, something I really love uh, about the whole Iraq stuff. It's just um, Nicholas Sparks' idea of, of what's dangerous and what's not. So, like, pretty much in all of our time, in, in, uh, you know, following John in Iraq, all right, the only thing that I think happens is his buddy Tony gets clipped in the hand once. All right? <laughs> he, comes hand, he comes home fine. None of his guys get killed that we hear about, all right? He comes home handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take that, Tony. All right. But the thing is, back in the States, meanwhile, all right, apparently collecting coins gets you killed. Apparently uh, just scratching things that are on your body gets you killed almost. Right. But in Iraq, you can't help but live. Yeah, right, right. And also <laughs> driving someplace uh, gets two people killed. Yeah. Right, so the body count is ridiculous. We hear, we hear no one <laughs> die in Iraq except for a little shot in the hand. <laughs> people die back at home. <laughs> There's one point where they talked about, like, uh, I was like, I don't understand why this is happening to Tim. I don't know why he has cancer. It's like it's faded or something. I was like, no, it's just bad plot points. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cancer was great because it was like, Tim, is he's like 28 or 30 or something, and he always eats healthy, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He's been doing push-ups every day. He's really careful about everything he eats. He's like, Tim is the perfect model of health. And then as soon as he marries Savannah, boom, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Beware the gap-tooth girl. <laughs> I, I should point out, I'm pretty sure that, that melanoma is like one of those cancers you have the best chance of surviving of. I think it's like something like 95% survival rate. And he did survive, but he needed experimental medicine. Yeah, he just he needed a hot injection of like $2 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put it in my veins. Just rub that on my cancer. Just rub the gold on my cancer. <laughs> yeah. Cancer hates money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, reminds me so I, this is my favorite thing about Iraq I'm going to play you a clip I guess you got to actually hear this because his description is way better than the actual content my point is I don't know how to describe the stress and boredom and confusion of those next nine months except to say that there was a lot of sand <laughs> yeah I know it's a desert and yeah I spent a lot of time at the beach so I should have been used to it <laughs> but the sand was different over there <laughs> It got in your clothes, in your gun, in locked boxes, in your food, in your ears, and up your nose and between your teeth. And when I spat, I always felt the grit in my mouth. 
Wow. Okay. I love that. I love the idea <laughs> of a paranoid guy that's like, all the problems. It's the fucking sand, man. It's the fucking sand. There's too much sand. And I know... I've been to the beach before. I know what sand is. This is not sand. This is like super sand. <laughs> like, it's sand. I locked the box. I locked it. I turned the key. Got in. Um, it's, it's great. Nicholas Sparks is this thing where wherever before he says something really stupid or unbelievable, he sort of like tries to like deflect it. So it's like, I know it's a cliche, but <laughs> <laughs> I actually made a note of that too because he said, "I know it sounds it, it's a cliche." He says it a couple of times, and I was like, "How many times do you have to write that as a writer before you notice that you're writing cliches all the time?" <laughs> that, that doesn't make it better, Nicholas Sparks. You're still <laughs> writing the cliche. There was another point in the book where he actually said indescribably romantic. Yes. Do you know what a writer is? It's a professional describer. <laughs> this is what you do. Yeah. You write yeah. romance novels. If you can't describe romantic things, fucking quit. And <laughs> No, and like it's true he he doesn't describe but when he does describe things, like for instance his figurative language, his similes are some of the worst similes I've I've ever heard. Worst similes this side of going rogue, I would say. <laughs> yeah, worse than, but uh, he he doesn't really know how to describe relationships. So like our relationship was like a spinning child's top. While it's spinning, it's fun, <laughs> but it starts to lose momentum. And he goes on to the, then say our relationship was like a battery. <laughs> it's like me being away drained it of its charge. And he had some other just like awful similes. You know, the kid her my, her kiss was like a magical kingdom. You know, like all that shit. I, the battery one is so funny. Nick Sparks is at his desk and he's like, love is like a yeah. <laughs> pencil cup? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> what have I got in my utility drawer here? Uh, cell phone charger? No. It's like a long arm staple. No, it's like a God combination damn. lock. <laughs> it's like, like, no, I, I think it makes sense. Like It's like a battery in that it's annoying and then part of it leaves for Iraq and it breaks up. <laughs> That's the same thing, right? That's what a battery does, right? <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that works, yeah. Our love was like a battery in that it was a little bit expensive, but totally replaceable. <laughs> or it's like a car battery. You know, your engine can kind of recharge it a little bit, but every five to ten years yeah, or so, right? you yeah. throw that shit away in a really crazy way, because that shit's toxic. Or else you call someone who comes over and jumps it. <laughs> oh, that's actually a pretty damn apt metaphor. Yeah. Well, what, what he right. meant was, our love is like a battery in that if we had gotten it a cheaper version from china it might have blown up and burned our balls ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only <laughs> let's uh let's talk about the ending yeah. so at, at the end john doesn't get the girl Cancer doesn't get Tim, and um, Savannah gets to settle for uh, <laughs> a guy who just barely uh, survived. She stays married to second place. Yeah. Yeah. And takes care of, of Alan. By the way, Tim and Alan, do you think um, <laughs> saying that, that, that the actor Tim Allen is, is basically half uh, autistic, half dying of cancer? <laughs> Actually, yeah. at that point, you got to hope that whatever the gene for autism is and the gene for cancer is are going to fight each other. <laughs> and it might actually... maybe, maybe the autism will get cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or his cancer will be kind of autistic and it won't really go through with its cancerness. <laughs> it's kind of distracted. Oh, maybe the cancer can ride horses then and be better. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I guess the the ending for you, did you guys find it unsatisfying? I think you're supposed to sort of be haunted and be like, oh, it's so sad they can't be together. But I was like, the book is over. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Chris? I agree that I was supposed to be haunted, but I really would rather not have them together because, you know, they're terrible at communicating with one another. It's true. They're really, really bad together. I mean, they may both be pretty. But, you know, he clearly was not satisfied with her personality and she was not satisfied with his rage issues. And I think that as much as they thought they loved each other from that, like, week they spent together, you know, Tim's probably the better match. And, you know, I would not want John Tyree raising my children. Let's let's put it that way, you know. I might want to call him when you know my kid's getting bullied. Yeah, because yeah. that bully will have some shit to deal with. <laughs> so so Chris, you're saying you're firmly in uh, Team Tim? Yeah, I'm in Team Tim. I'm also really, uh, you know, Tim's not going to live another 15 years, right? <laughs> he he's got weak blood. I can tell. <laughs> no, they said like he won't live a full life, but he'll live more, and he's got a good chance. No, he won't yet. live a full life because he'll be with Savannah, and she's annoying. Oh. I can never picture John like ending up with anyone else after this. That's the other thing that's kind of interesting. No, of course not, because he fell in love, and love is forever. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's gonna check in maybe, like in 15 years, see if hey, 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 is Tim dead? Hey, your husband dead yet? (laughs) He told me that I could bone you as soon as he died. Is that is he is he around? Is he around? Hey, that was a... is he planning on doing anything dangerous soon? <laughs> yeah, took some extra money. Buy your husband a hunting gun and a blindfold. <laughs> Does your husband need his brake lines cut or anything? I might. I'm a, I'm a mechanic. <laughs> you know that when somebody mailed you some lawn darts last year? <laughs> uh... <laughs> when the lawyer called and said that an anonymous donor had given him a package of lawn darts, he started crying. <laughs> there was a great scene though right talking talking about this, this crazy have sex with my wife thing one point um after john and savannah almost bone but don't john goes see tim in the hospital and tim's like well i'm dying so i want to make sure that someone will bone my wife when i'm gone i was hoping they would t- sort of take a turn of like you know be like really specific requests of like i want to make sure that there's someone to suck on her pinky tone oh no, i'm gone like, I want to make sure that someone will butter up her armpits, all right? <laughs> Unsalted butter, all right? Put some cinnamon on it, lick that off. That's, that's what she needs, okay? And I won't always be there. I won't. You're freaking me out, Ed. <laughs> Unsalted butter and cinnamon in the armpit? <laughs> I was just trying to think of something that John Tyree would be into, or, or that, or rather, something that Tim would be into. I think that's... <laughs> Sally. You you have some dark folds in your brain. I don't understand. Like when you have to like go with whatever the first thing that comes into your mind is, it's gross. You want to throw one out? <laughs> well, What's your request? Let's see it. Come on. <laughs> it's really important to me that when I die, I have someone I can trust to give my wife a back massage and eat her out thoroughly. <laughs> she likes me to eat her out on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Usually, I find some chewing gum or a popsicle midweek. Help me keep my muscle tone in my mouth. <laughs> Suck on a lemon before to help me salivate. <laughs> Is that a thing? Do people say that? I don't know. <laughs> Come with me, my high Sea of love. I won't 
I, I just also just want to share this quote. It's one of my more favorite quotes about fiction. It's from uh, Kurt Vonnegut. He once said, The Bible may be the greatest story ever told, but the most popular story is about a couple fornicating that stops for one reason or another while it's still novel. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Nicholas Sparks strictly adheres to that rule. Uh, there's a great quote where um, Nicholas Sparks basically sums up his entire book. In fact, all of his books without realizing it. Do you want to talk about it? No, I wanted to say. I don't want to talk about it. I'd learned in the army that stories like ours were both boring and predictable. <laughs> and though everyone asked, no one really wanted to hear them. <laughs> Alright, well, it is time for the second half of our compliment sandwich, and then we are done with this book. So, uh, in reverse order, I'm going to go first. And my compliment is to the talent of Nick Sparks, because he pulled something off that I wasn't sure was possible. Let's play this clip. Little by little, I began to realize that my walking resembled waddling. <laughs> the inside muscles of my legs felt as if Tony had pounded them for hours. <laughs> Way to go, Nick Sparks. You got an innuendo by even Ezra. <laughs> so that that is my second compliment going in reverse order it's chris's turn so mine was actually just kind of there were so many alarm fl- bells and and red flags in in their relationships vanna and john but i felt like nick sparks's creativity in describing them bordered on genius in particular during the sex that they're having he's talking about how good it is and he says the sensation of her skin on mine was like fire. <laughs> what? What? Is this girl made of poison oak? It's like, shouldn't this be yet another sign that maybe you guys aren't made for each other if her rubbing of skin on yours, you know, creates a burning sensation? Yeah, right. This, is this like a elven rope on Gollum's skin? This is uh, why is it fire? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But you got to admire the creativity of the description. It really is a double-edged sword. And uh, Nick Sparks, maybe without meaning to, made that sex scene a whole lot kinkier than he meant to. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the easiest S&M ever. She's like, well, just her touch hurts me a lot. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ezra, that leaves you. Okay, so uh, my first comment was about how for a, a second it made me think that this was a different book. And actually, it, it finished uh, making me think that this whole – all was a different book. I think you guys will really like this. I don't know if you caught it, but there's actually a giant twist at the end. <laughs> so we get to see Tim having recovered from cancer, okay? Right. But here's the thing. It was actually all just a long con. <laughs> Tim – Never had cancer, all right? Uh, his brother, Alan, not actually autistic, okay? Um, Savannah, not even Southern, it turns out. She is British, all right? Um, so, but lucky for me, uh, there was actually a, a page uh, of reveal uh, after the epilogue that I got to all, all get this out. So I'm sorry that if you guys didn't have that, but uh, it oh. kind of saved the book for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I actually like it better if the whole thing was just a rival coin collector. <laughs> yeah, how much do we love a long con? Yeah. I wish any of our books had a long con, but unfortunately, I think we're doing, what, The Secret next? Well, that could be a long con. <laughs> that is short con. That is, sell the book, we'll run away. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, run. <laughs> run away! Run away! 
Anyway. Okay, so hey, really quick before we go, today, instead of a mailbag segment, I have an in-person star moment. What? My, my shout-out this week is to a fan of the podcast named Ryan. I was selling some tickets to the Olympics that I had bought and couldn't use on Craigslist, and I had been communicating with a guy who was going to be purchasing these tickets, and then like the fourth or fifth email from him was like, holy crap, you're the Alex from Read It and Weep. What? <laughs> no kidding. This happened to me today. No fucking way. Yeah, so we were like, we were supposed to meet up at a coffee shop and uh, exchange the tickets, spend money, and he was like, hey, do you have an extra hour? We can go across the street and get a beer. And uh, we talked about the podcast and about what he does, and it was... Uh, so the thing with Craigslist sales is I'm always assuming I'm going to get raped and murdered. Yeah. He was afraid I was a scamster, so he took my email address, plugged it into Facebook, found my profile, found the link to me, and it was very surprised. I felt much safer now meeting him because I knew that although the odds that he would rape and murder me were about the same, now I knew it would be out of love. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> if he's a crazy rabid fan who wants to rape and murder me, that's a totally different thing than if he's just some guy. Yeah, that's just yeah. that's just consensual sex and martyrdom. So that's <laughs> way better. So crazy. I cannot say how crazy it is. Well, fuck yeah. Big thanks to Ryan for buying the tickets and for listening to the show and uh, keep in touch. Hey, that is it for our episode tonight. Whew. Everybody, yeah. goodbye to Nicholas Sparks' writing and hello to people acting out his writing. <laughs> Next week we are watching Dear John in theaters, hoping the sex scene is longer in film than it is on paper, and that everything else is shorter. <laughs> Check that out or don't, and we will catch you back here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Thank you, Ez and Chris, for joining me. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it has been great. That's it. Okay. Okay. After down. Want to give us feedback on the show? Tell us something we should do better? Give us an idea of a book or movie to read or watch next? Send us an email, podcasts at read-weep.com. Also, you can always get in touch with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep. Look forward to hearing from you.